Hey everyone, happy Friday! It's Sandy Caldwell, and this is Quilt Cabana Corner, episode number 54. How is everyone today? It's been about three weeks since the last time I posted an episode of this podcast, so I hope that's given you enough time to listen to the previous episode, and it's given me enough time to live life a little bit and work on some projects so that we have something to talk about. So I hope that you will join me today, and we will talk about some updates, what I'm working on in quilting. I will talk about a product that I've used a lot this week and I'm really fond of. And I also have a book review, and then we'll talk about how you can get in touch with me if you would like to speak to me or leave me a comment or ask me a question. So go grab a coffee, a tea, a water, maybe a nice warm cider or something, glass of wine if it's the evening or, you know, anytime afternoon, and come on back and join me. So this week has been a really unbelievable weather week. The fall temperatures are back. It's been like mid-60s, low-70s, no humidity. We were able to pull out some long pants and some sweaters and sweatshirts and uh, really just feel a break from the heat and humidity that we had all summer long. So, of course, it's New England. I live in Massachusetts, so you know that's not going to stick around long. And today we're back to the 80s and over the weekend, I think as high as maybe 85 I saw on Sunday. So today is kind of a transitional day where we woke up and it was like, you know, barely 40 degrees and by the afternoon it'll be 80 plus. So um, I'm kind of toggling back and forth today between the heat and the windows open and probably later the air conditioner. (laughs) That's just how we roll around here. But that's all right. We had a nice college visit uh, for Leah up at the University of New Hampshire last weekend. Got to see my oldest daughter, Amanda, who is currently a senior there. We went out for lunch and toured the campus, and we had a great time. So this weekend, I think all our college tours are wrapped up for Leah, and now we need to get to work filling out our applications and all that fun stuff. So that'll be tomorrow's job. Today's job is, besides getting this podcast out and working on the long arm and stuff, I'm going to be pulling out my fall decorations and my Halloween jelly roll quilt, race quilt, which I made a couple of years ago, and it's become one of our most beloved quilts in the house. Leah is a huge Halloween fan, so she's been after me to get the pumpkins and the mums and all that stuff, so I think I'll do that a little later today. That'll be something fun to look forward to after I get all my work done. And let's see, what else have we been doing? Oh, it's been a busy self-care week. Got my mammogram yesterday, so here's your public service announcement. Go get your mammograms, ladies. And I also did my fasting blood test and all that good stuff, a physical. And I'm happy to say I'm going to live. I am going to live. So, in fact, my numbers were super good on my fasting blood test. They earned me a this is excellent and a keep up the healthy lifestyle And I have to say, I know I talked about in the last podcast, but I had been eating all the Genius Foods from the Genius Foods book, and um, I think that maybe that has helped my numbers to stay so great. You know, maybe that, and I like to think my evening glass of Cabernet, you know, helps a little bit. (laughs) 
<laughs> so anyways, it is important to remember to take care of ourselves. We take care of so many other people in our lives. Don't forget about yourselves. All right. So I finished my art collage collage of my little friend um, Felix the goat or Felipe. I think I've been calling him both of those things. But that little art quilt uh, has been finished. And now I'm on to one with pumpkins on it for the fall. And the reason why I'm making this one is so that I can teach a class on it in October to all my fun, lovely students. They're interested in learning how to do it. And this is a good time for me to make the same one that they're going to be making and get all of my class notes in order. So that is always just such a fun thing to do. You just sit down in the afternoon, glue your fabrics on, and it is really a relaxing project to do. I think it's right up there with my favorite. So speaking of workshops, we also had a workshop here on Tuesday and the ladies and I made jelly roll slice rugs. That was a pattern from Shabby Fabrics and um, nice little area rugs. Everyone had beautiful jelly rolls, fall colors, batiks. I was working on a Hawaiian one and um, I know a few of them have finished because I've gotten some photos. Some are still in the sewing strip stage and that's fine too. But we had a lovely time together, as we always do, laughing and talking and eating good snacks and really just being a community of quilters. We've sort of found our own little way. There's about six of us, and we always have a great time. I enjoy teaching this group so much. They're open to learning new things and trying new things. And while they still like to hold on to the traditional, I think all of them since I've met them and begun working with them, have opened up their minds to trying some newer things. So, like I said, our October workshop will be working on the art collage. Our November workshop, we're going to make some fabric ornaments. And then in December, we're just going to have a little party. No sewing machines. Maybe we'll do some fat quarter exchange, play some games or something. So if you have any fun quilting games that you play in your guild... Please be sure to leave me a note. Let me know what they are so that we can play them at our little uh, holiday party. The workshop was on Tuesday. And then because I had all of my tables set up and I still had some yummy treats to eat and all of that, my sister-in-law came over and we scrapbooked. She had sent me a message a few weeks back saying that she had vacation this week and was I interested in scrapbooking at all. And... You know, she had said, oh, I understand that that's, you know, you're not something you're doing right now. But I like to think that scrapbooking is something I'm always doing, whether it's taking the photos or thinking about pages or actually doing the work on the page. But, you know, like everybody else, there's not enough time in the day, it seems. So I was very happy to have a full day with Christine to do that. She came over about 10 o'clock. I had already started about 830 and we scrapped all morning and then my mom came over and we ordered some lunch and then I think we scrapped till I don't know she might have left around six and I think I scrapped till almost eight o'clock I got about five pages done which is really great for me I got to use all my creative memories items that I've been accumulating um, for half my life I think and I was working on our Disney vacation album and it was so much fun 
and I'm really hoping to keep it up. And I have one counter in my craft room dedicated to scrapbooking. So I am hoping to keep that up as it is something I really enjoy. Do you guys scrap? Have you ever scrapbooked? I know a lot of people think it's kind of a dead industry right now, but um, I don't really think it is. I think if you see the amount of people who are still buying all the products and, um, you know, I think some of the bigger names now, you know, Stacy Julian is still going and Heidi Swap and, of course, Creative Memories and all of those projects. So you wouldn't know that scrapbooking was alive if you went to Joann's, but Michael's still has such a huge selection of great things, as does Hobby Lobby. So I'm going to see if I can sort of bring that back into my life. And another project that I brought back into my life this morning and yesterday was paper quilling. Now, I used to put paper quilled objects in my scrapbooks. And when I look back on those pages, I still love the look of it. And I like to add them to cards and things like that. I've never been one who did like a wedding invitation or something of that magnitude because I just don't have the skill yet. But what happened was over the summer, I was cleaning out my craft room and I just got in that mood or mode, you know, the one where everything you pick up, you're so disgusted with how much stuff you have accumulated that you just say, throw it out, throw it out, get rid of it. And somehow I got rid of my quilling tools. <laughs> and as often is the case, I decided a few months later, I really want a paper quill again. Where's my stuff? So I still had the papers and a book, but I threw away the most important thing, the tool, the slotted tool. So in my Amazon cart forever, over the summer, I had new quilling tool and a new quilling board so I can do some pre-made shapes and things like that. And so finally, I hit the order button on those and all the stuff came yesterday. So this morning I spent some time I pulled out the book just to reacquaint myself with the process and I have some little circles and hearts going and I'm actually going to make pumpkins out of those circles and some swirls and I'll stick them on my um, Halloween cards for the kids at school. So I'm looking forward to doing more with it. I think it's a fun hobby. I'm always in favor of things you can sit down and watch TV and do because I like to have something to do while I'm watching TV. I don't generally just sit and watch, although this week I started recording um, Mel Robbins' new show. She's my favorite, favorite person from Boston. She's the five-second rule lady we've talked about before in this podcast. I forget what episode it was, but we've definitely talked about it. And she has... Um, a new talk show, and she's just amazing. So I like to do a little something mindless so I can catch what she's saying, but also do something with my hands. So, um, yeah, so I've been watching that. And then the other thing I've been watching was um, I started to watch Shit's Creek, <laughs> and that's with Andrew Levy and his son David and I guess his daughter as well. That is just the funniest show, but funny in an office kind of funny way like as you're watching it you're like is this really funny and then you're like oh yeah this is funny so I'm enjoying that and um the other one we're watching too I guess we'll just talk about tv for a second uh Greg and I are still plowing through Friday Night Lights which we just love so much but we don't get a chance to watch it all that often and we like to watch it together so 
yeah, I've been enjoying that one. What are you guys all watching? Um, Dancing with the Stars just started up this week, so I was trying to tune into that a little bit. But anyway, so let's talk about my new favorite product this week. And it's not new. It's old, but I've been using it a lot. So I thought that I would just um, talk about it for a second. And I'll put a show note on the blog with a link to what it is in case you want to check it out or order yourself one. The product is, drum roll please, <laughs> duck bill scissors. Duck bill scissors, quack quack, have you heard of them? Do you use them? So I first got duck bill scissors, which are smallish scissors that have one regular scissor blade on them and then a flat half moon blade on the other side. And they are perfect for trimming around something that is already stuck down. So for instance, say an applique before you, you know, while it's maybe fused on, but not stitched down, something where you use that flat blade to get underneath the piece of fabric and then the top regular scissor blade helps you to trim around it. So when we're doing fabric collage, and um, of course this is not necessary for fabric collage, it just makes it a lot easier. When you're gluing your pieces of fabric to the background, you do wanna try to layer or you know really butt up close the pieces of fabric so that when it gets quilted at the end, you don't see any of the background fabric under there. You want the whole thing to be covered with your newly added fabric pieces. So oftentimes you have a shape that you've cut out that you're gonna use in place on your collage and it just sticks out a little bit too much, maybe into the next color. And you, you wanna stick it down with just a little dot of glue in the middle, but then you wanna be able to get in there and sort of trim that up a little, get around the curve, and they are just the perfect tool to do that. Now, I don't really recall where I got mine, whether it was at like Joann's or Amazon. Um, I don't think that they're all that expensive, but I'm gonna pause for a second and look them up and I will come right back and let you know. So Amazon has them anywhere from like $15 to $25 for the Ginger pair, which looks super fancy. And I'm pretty sure that's not the pair that I bought because I wouldn't have spent $25 on them. So I must have gotten maybe one of the $15 pairs. But um, the description, part of the description they give, it says, ideal for applique work in rug making. So I'm not sure how you would use them in rug making, but... The paddle-shaped blade pushes away the bottom layer of fabric for flawless controlled cuts close to the stitching. And in my case, close to the edge of the glue of where you want your fabric to lie on your background. The offset handle allows for comfortable hand position above the work surface. And then it goes on to say it has like a double-plated chrome finish, blah, blah, blah. Um, and there's a it looks like a little video. Yes, and then some of the questions people ask, can you use it to like grade a seam allowance? It would be perfect for that. If you know how sometimes when you're setting in the sleeve to a shirt, if you're garment making, 
and you want to trim away that little bit of the um, seam so that it's not jabbing your underarm some, perfect, perfect tool for that. Um, you know, the duck bill just kind of makes it easier to get in and get close to that stitching. You can get a really close cut with them. Um, and they're super sharp, which is nice too. And um, yeah, so, and I've had those duck bill scissors, I'm going to say, in my stash of tools for quite some time. And I knew that people had them and used them, but I think I really just never understood what they were for until I started fabric collage. And then I was like, ah, oh, okay, this is what it is. Um, and this particular one, the whole, the entire scissors is like six inches long. So just want to say, if you're looking for them, they're not a giant pair of scissors. They're more in like the smaller to mini size. Um, yeah. So anyways, that's, that's probably my product of the week. I think for us are the, the duck bill scissors, quack, quack, quack. So let's see the book that I'm reading this week for book club. We finished up Daisy Jones and the Six. Loved it, loved it, loved it. My husband read it. He loved it. Just went to get my nails done last night, and the nail ladies are all reading it and love it too. So we did. I talked about that in the last podcast, so you can go back and revisit that. And the book that I'm reading right now is called The Silent Patient. Silent Patient is written by Alex, what's his name? Alex Michaelidis, and it's sort of a psychological thriller, and it has to do with this woman named Alicia, and she is a famous painter, and she's married to a very famous photographer, and this takes place in London, so it would seem that they have a very artsy, charmed life. They're both highly successful. But one night, um, Alicia's husband, his name is Gabriel, and he comes home from a photo shoot and she shoots him in the face five times. And then she never speaks another word, like ever. So I'm about a, almost halfway through the book. So I can't tell you if she ends up speaking or not because <laughs> I'm not there yet. It... If I When I read the description of Book Club, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm not really into psychological thrillers. I'm into, you know, maybe Benji. <laughs> but this so far is very good. But she refuses to talk. She doesn't give an explanation. And it kind of turns her um, notorious because, she, of course, she has to stand trial, but she doesn't say a word. And... Um, you know, the public imagination is curious and whatnot. So she ends up being put into, it looks like some type of like a secure psycho unit type thing. And this up and coming psychotherapist, I think his name is Theo. He has heard about her and he feels like he can be the one who can break her silence and so he ends up quitting his current job, and he interviews for a job at the place where she's at. And that's about where I am now. He's kind of infiltrating himself into getting to work with her. And, of course, his superior has already been working with her and is frustrated by it and can't get her to speak and all this. So 
Um, he's a criminal psychotherapist. That's what he is. And he's waited, you know, for this long time for the opportunity to work with her. And he wants to try to unravel the mystery of why she shot her husband. And the last sentence of the description says, um, his determination to get her to talk and unravel the mystery of why she shot her husband takes him down a twisting path into his own motivations, a search for the truth that threatens to consume him. Ooh, doesn't that sound good? I think it sounds good. And I will say, so far, it, it was not very bloody, gory kind of thing, because I don't like to read that, and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone if it were. So that is what I'm reading this week. So the last thing, <clears throat> excuse me, that I want to share with you guys before I go, I think this might be one of the shorter episodes today, but that's okay, because I got a lot of fall decorating to do, and you guys all have some crafting to do too, I'm sure. But if you grew up in the era of the Brady Bunch, you might have been surprised this week to find out that Marsha, whose real name is Maureen McCormick, and I think she's about 60 years old now, she was the oldest of the three Brady girls, is a quilter. So there is an awesome YouTube video. It's about 10 minutes long, and for about seven minutes, um, she's talking about quilting. Now, HGTV is has re- done or renovated that old Brady house that was on TV so many years ago. And it's going to be a little TV series on HGTV about how they do the renovation and all of the cast members who are still living um, play a part in it. And it's kind of making a little bit of a comeback. So this person from HGTV, I forget his name, but he does this interview with her and he meets her at a quilt shop in California. And what she's working on is a grandmother's flower garden quilt. And in the video, which I'll link to on the blog so you can watch it for yourself. Like I said, it's only 10 minutes. Um, she's making this grandmother's flower garden. And I think she says she's made one before, but it was like her mother's favorite quilt that she made. And so she shows the interviewer how to construct a hexagon flower. And the one that she shows that she's working on is so lovely and beautiful. It's just so pretty. And I love English paper piecing and hexagon making. So this really brought me joy to see. I thought it was so cute. And what she explains about the actual hexagon flower that I did not know, and maybe you do not know, or maybe you do, I don't know, but if you think about the grandmother's flower garden quilt, it is made up with rows and rows of the hexagon flower. In the center of the hexagon flower, they call that the heart. So similar to a log cabin, that center block that is sometimes red in the log cabins is representative of hearth and home. Well, in the flower garden quilt, the center of the hexagon is representing the heart. And then around the flower, after you get all the, the petals of the flower on, the next color that surrounds that flower is white, traditionally, and that represents the picket fence. And then finally, around that white comes green. And apparently, that represents the garden path. So there you have it. You learn something new every single day. It's amazing, isn't it? 
<laughs> so I hope that you'll go pop in and watch the video. It is quick. In the last few minutes, apparently she's also a very avid bird watcher. So they go outside and they are watching some birds. So I hope that you will enjoy that. If you are looking to get in touch with me or you would like to leave a comment for me over on iTunes, uh, that would be super helpful. It's, it's an easier way for people to find this podcast if it has some reviews. So you could just leave me five stars or four stars or whatever you feel like giving me. And uh, maybe some words I would love to hear from you. Otherwise, you can contact me at the following email address. Callwell, C-O-L-W-E-L-L, S as in Sandy, G as in Greg, at Comcast.net. You can also contact me through my website, www.quiltcabanapatterns.com. And from there, you can link to the blog. And you can also contact me on the blog. So I'm also on Facebook. And my business page there is Quilt Cabana Patterns. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram and all of that. But I think um, that should suffice for now. <laughs> Anyways, and if you're looking for some fall and winter patterns, all my best and favorite patterns are in the Etsy shop. And you can also find that through QuiltCabanaPatterns.com. All right, so I think I'm going to wrap this up so I can get to my pumpkins and my paper quilling. And I have the most beautiful star quilt about to go on my long arm that Gail made. Hi, Gail, if you're listening. It is made of these beautiful blues and um, sort of aqua and purple, and it's offset with white behind the star. And Gail pieced together a multi-colored border, and it is going to be something, so I guess I best get to that. All right, everybody, have a great couple of weeks, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.